0: Hello, I'm Hannah Jenner, and I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a Body Image Podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender, so please help us out by subscribing
1: and sharing And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Welcome back to Before and After Podcast with me, Hannah and Rachel for another fine episode. Number 22, uh, I think. Um, And this week we are going to be talking about a topic that I kind of just sprung on Rachel by text, about three hours ago, Um, and so this will be kind of interesting, so I can kind of like use you on the spot to... Yes, no preparation or Google research has happened. No Google research. Um, We are going to be talking about the say-do ratio, and hopefully uh, just steer that towards like body image and why, you know, why you may have previously or currently be struggling with saying that you're going to do one thing maybe like oh I'm I'm going to I'm going to I want to look like this I'm going to go on this diet or whatever and then having that disconnect with like not actually being able to keep up with it or follow through with it so that is it so just say do ratio have you ever heard of this
0: uh, not until you told me about it no okay i mean cool. i understand the concept but i've never heard it just put out that way
1: i learned this From um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was doing um, a Zoom call with my um, precision nutrition coach and other members of the class. And uh, it was something that he said he had come across and it stuck with him and he kind of brought it and used it and loved it. And I was like, actually, I kind of love that too, because I pride myself as being someone who in general, apart from like extenuating circumstances, if I say I'm going to do something, I generally do it. I would give myself, like, if we do a scale of, like, 1 to 10, 1 being absolutely terrible, never stick to it, yeah. 10 being never
0: falter, I'm going to give myself a solid 8. That's a, that's solid, right? I mean, I, I think uh, I'm curious if, if we know the average ratio of, like, the typical person, because I bet it's not that high. Where would you put yourself... Um, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, because I feel like there's like some aspirational quality to this of like, what what would I, what I actually am? I think at work, it's probably different than personally. Okay. Um. At work. Like She's obviously going to give
1: herself a 10. Well, at work,
0: <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go with, no, I'd put myself probably at like an eight. Mm-hmm. Ish. like I think I'm probably better at it at work just because it's part of my job and I I feel like I'm accountable to a lot of people at work um so I, I and I at work I'm always telling my own teams like it's way better to under promise and over deliver than the other way around oh yeah um and so I'm and I'm usually <laughs> at work I'm often frustrated by other people's over promising and under delivering mm-hmm. so so I would say at work I'm I'm a eight plus, hopefully I'm really good. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'd have to think about it more. I suspect that personally, I'm probably not that high. I, and I feel uncomfortable <laughs> saying that. Like Because I, I totally believe in like, the, like a core value of like integrity. I mean, that's what that is, right? The saving uh-huh. ratio to me. You say that and I just think, oh, that's the definition of integrity.
1: It really is. Like, sort of like, what what do you really value? Like, what is important to you? And then, you know, internally versus, like, superficial kind of aspirations. Now, I would say that I have not always been an 8. Okay. I definitely, definitely was probably a 3 in my early 20s. And, like, one example for me that comes to mind is smoking. Like, Mm. we both admitted previously that, yes, sorry, parents. I did... (laughs) Used to smoke cigarettes um, and for the longest time I think I smoked the first cigarette I ever had I was 15 and I finally I quickly got hooked I have a very addictive personality and I finally quit when I was 22 but for about two to three years I was constantly going I want
0: to I want to quit right. I'm gonna quit I'm gonna quit, this, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit tomorrow this is the last pack I'm gonna buy yeah, I'm, the this is my pack, last gonna night gonna out of the
1: bar with cigarettes <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit tomorrow and it never happened because deep down, I just didn't... It wasn't important enough to me to quit. I was saying it because I felt like I should say it. Because yeah. I w- I knew it was disappointing to my parents. I met a guy who was horrified by the fact that I smoked. But deep down... It just wasn't important enough to me. So there was a like a huge disconnect. So no matter how hard, no matter how many times I said it, like, I'm going to quit. This is the last one. Right. It didn't mean anything, really. It was just words to satisfy somebody else. So it wasn't until I changed, like, valuing my health was one thing. And valuing having, you know, a savings account that would allow me to <laughs> potentially do right. things that I wanted to do, like go snowboarding and, and other things like that that I could never do because I was always spending my money on freaking cigarettes.
0: Adding up the cost of cigarette packs is and such a depressing That exercise. was back
1: in the day <laughs> when it wasn't even that expensive. Right. Whereas now, whoo! Yeah, but that's, anyway, that's okay. this is not a judgment call on people who smoke. You know it's not good for you? Your choice. Um. But anyway, so... I started to think about other people I know around me whose like say-do say ratio is a little out of whack. And mm. the most important thing when it comes to like say-do ratios is really kind of starting to notice patterns in your own behavior. And it's a hard thing to do, like actually noticing things in yourself and being honest yeah. and holding your hand up to go, Oh goodness, I kind of suck. But it, it's like, it's a really important, and this is where, like, you know, for a lot of people that, like, coach, part of the reason that you have a coach is to kind of, in the nicest possible way, draw your attention to, hey, I've noticed this pattern, how's that working for you kind of situation. Yeah. Um. So, I know somebody who's going to remain nameless, I'm not here to name and shame, <laughs> who's Say do ratio. I would give them probably. I'm gonna be kind, I'm gonna give them a five. Okay, and the phrase that comes to mind is they're always like, I'll do it. Um, like I, whether it's in relation to diet or fitness or just. General stuff in life that needs to get done that's not necessarily the fun stuff, but the kind of stuff you need to do when you're adult, adulting. This person is always like, I'll get to it, I'll do it later, or something.
0: Yeah, okay, the procrastinator kind of thing, I'll Mm -hmm. I'll do it, but later.
1: And so, there's a big disconnect there. And this is like important in terms of body image and you know, the things that we generally talk about on this show, like you know. Diet, exercise, all that kind of thing, because most of us, at some point in our lives, and maybe now, have had that disconnect and have said, "Yeah, I want." Like the eighty percent of the people that I work with usually come to me wanting to have a particular feature of their body, like yes. looking better. Abs is the one that comes to mind because abs <laughs> is like a universal thing when people decide that they want to go on a diet or you know, but re change their body composition, that they want to see abs.
0: Yeah, that is a big one. And as we've discussed on a previous podcast, they could just buy them if they want. They could. I
1: mean, <laughs> silicone implants <Get> available. Implants.
0: <laughs> I don't offer that
1: service myself, but, you know, if, if I do, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um. But just saying, I want abs, and actually getting those abs is an entirely different thing. So I wanted to ask you if you have noticed, or I just literally brought this to your attention, but if you can think whether it's like now or in the past of a situation to do with like health, fitness, body composition, dieting, nutrition, whatever, a situation where there was a big disconnect in like the, the what you say you're gonna do, the kind of like superficial aspiration that didn't really truly line up with what you, you actually valued and meaning that you could never stick to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a tough one. But as you've been talking, I realized like, oh, actually, no, I can connect with examples like the cigarette one is that's an easy example for me to connect with as well, where like for a very long time, I, yeah, my, my values were totally misaligned with that because I think back then I would have said I valued health. But Mm -hmm. that clearly wasn't the case, right? When my daily behavior uh, was, you know, not lining up with that. And I'll, I'll admit, even when I started sort of my fitness and health journey in 2013, which was when I joined my first CrossFit gym and really started, you know, being part of a community of fitness... I still occasionally smoked, right? Like even at like the gym's Christmas party, there were some of us outside. I remember seeing people <laughs> at various CrossFit gyms like finishing a workout it's and then so, sneaking
1: outside yeah. and popping on a
0: cigarette. I was like, "What?" So I feel like, well, and even I mean, even if it's not smoking, you know, there was there was a lot of drinking in that community. There was like some other drug use. There were a lot of other things that were you know, misaligned with like, we're a community that has the thing we had in common was health and fitness. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that was a struggle and I would say it was, you know, a good number of years when I was actively involved in that community of health and fitness and still kind of making poor decisions with diet, occasional smoking, um, And I mean, I would extend that to like also just staying up late and sleeping like shit, right? Like that was also, I I would have said that that was the year that I discovered the values of thinking about health and longevity and, um, you know, how to set a course for the rest of my life. But I probably did not actually align my daily behavior that like happened a lot more slowly alongside it. So, and I think back to even like graduate school. I mean, you know, with, with a lot of the work and the goals, like, I can't tell you as a graduate student how many times I meant to write an article to get mm-hmm. published or submit a conference presentation. Like, I did those things as a grad student, but I would say for every one that I actually did, I said I was going to do, like, four more. It was probably like a one to four ratio. Of like Mm -hmm. plans to accomplish certain academic tasks Um, and and that similarly was because as much as I wanted to do all those things I didn't get up extra early to put in the extra time I didn't have a writing schedule that you know was conducive to that so so yeah so I can definitely think of some times where it was there was a lot of misalignment so
1: in We'll fast forward to like the recent time since you've been like with a nutrition coach and working on your mm, like yes body recomposition. Have you noticed anything like maybe where you began this whole thing like a year ago? Oh, actually, yeah, yes, coach, yeah. so September a year ago. 7th. I think this
0: is actually my exact one year anniversary.
1: Ooh, hoo, hoo. Okay, so you've had one year of coaching. Um, wow that
0: seems crazy to me but yeah
1: and that is like what weekly check-ins with a coach yeah okay so one Holy year crap. one year of <laughs> weekly check-ins with a coach um, and following macros and slowly changing body composition have you noticed anything in terms of like the say do ratio or your internal values versus external wishes? that has changed or shifted over the last year? I mean, I'm sure, like, in terms of external wishes, when you signed up a year ago, what did you say to them? Were you like, I want abs, or like, <laughs> I want to be a certain body fat percentage, or "Have be vascular? <laughs>
0: you know, that would be interesting. I should go back and actually look at my intake survey, because um, I'm not sure. I, I remember specifically mentioning... Um, I wanted to get stronger at body weight gymnastics movements. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I can't remember if I specifically said that means I want to lose body weight. I think I probably tied it to actually how much I weighed as, like, a general number, um, which obviously I've changed probably how I would describe that now. But I think, yeah, I mean, I had some goals like that. Um, But I definitely don't think I had a game plan for, like what that actually would look like in terms of, like, putting in the work, right? I signed up for the accountability. So I think the accountability of the coach was the appealing part that in my head back then, I was like, if this is going to work, I need accountability. Mm-hmm. So so I think probably that decision was, like, the first step of, like, aligning the, the wish to be better at gymnastics and weigh less. Because it's true. Like, I, I'll just, like, I feel like that's fair to say. Like, one of my goals was to weigh less.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, a year later, I don't weigh that much more, like, less. (laughs) Which is a good thing. Like, I've changed my tune on that. But So, I mean, because
1: a few episodes ago we did, like, You Gotta Wanna episode. Uh, Um, I was talking about, like, what what it actually takes if you decide to embark on a pretty serious body recomposition effort. And I know when I started with my coach um, back in 2017... I can't like like you. I can't really remember exactly what I wrote. I but it was my external wishes were to lean out. Yeah. Um. You didn't say get toned. I did not <laughs> say get toned.
0: I wanted to get toned. And
1: I didn't mention like visible abs, but I, I that kind of was under the umbrella of of lean out and see where this goes. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> Dory, <laughs> Dory agrees. Yes. Um, and, you know, I would say, like, I really valued just part of what my what I wanted was, like, to be, to feel better and to be proud of, you know, how I looked. Because I, I as I've said in the past, like, i was I'd been in the Caribbean for a long time and I just, I felt crappy. I felt, like, just soft and, like, I hadn't really... Put much effort into yes. myself in a while so those two things actually did line up yeah. and i said i wanted to lean out and i was willing and able to put in the work and it worked
0: well yeah and in that episode and- i mean you talked about how strict you were with everything i mean you put in way more work than what most people do probably so that was you had a, a system that aligned with those goals <laughs> very clearly you were probably a 10 on that ratio. Oh, perfect. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would
1: say like my, my say-do ratio, I wasn't a 10 because I had a few days off for sure. But um, that that was good. That that would, yeah, I would say like eight and a half to nine. But <laughs> up there, you were,
0: yeah okay. eight plus. That was a high ratio time for sure.
1: But I know like right now, just with where I'm at in life and everything else I have going on, that if... I was like, yeah, I want to be like 10% body fat and just like ready to stand on a stage in a bikini competition. That's my external wish. Even if I hired the best coach in the world, I probably wouldn't actually do what I said. Because Mm. I'm just not like, I don't value that aesthetic enough. I don't value... Like, standing on a stage.
0: Right. That's not motivating me. Being
1: deeply tanned and shiny, (laughs) wearing a bedazzled (laughs) bikini, it's just not important to me. So I wouldn't be willing to, like, actually stick to it, I think. Even though you have said that I should... (laughs)
0: <laughs> for well, the
1: purposes of research and a topic yes. for the podcast,
0: and I said I would bedazzle your the bikini. You offered. She offered to bedazzle a bikini for, for me yes. if I was willing to like become show ready. Yes.
1: We're, we're gonna keep working on that,
0: listeners. We're gonna we're gonna see if we can make this happen with Hannah.
1: <laughs> it would. It like I've never done that. Um, I've followed bodybuilding programs, but I'd never went for like. I don't know if I would actually enter myself in a competition because. I would feel really weird. But I would potentially be willing to experiment and as if I was going to do it and document the whole thing and probably record a video diary, diary of me <laughs>
0: sobbing when I can have no fun and not go out and not have a glass of wine. Uh, yeah, and we'd probably have a really fun like spray tan video. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. yeah, there could be some fun things for that. And I could like assemble... A group of
1: friends as my uh, audience <laughs> and learn how to pose but maybe uh, next year i yeah. don't see that happening this side of christmas again because if i if i said it and i was like yeah i'm gonna do it this year yeah. then it's highly unlikely that i would because the reality is i've got too much going on in the next month and then there comes thanksgiving and nobody wants to be you know
0: right eating yeah that's that's not gonna spinach be spinach um... and
1: broccoli and chicken for breakfast lunch and dinner um thir- during Thanksgiving yeah. um but maybe next year maybe next year I will say it
0: and see if yeah. I can do it I mean that's that's kind of brings up an interesting point where I feel like if you're looking to have a good ratio being um honest about the circumstances of your life is probably a huge piece of that right like cause, oh, absolutely because I had definitely at, at work or at other times, like, when I have said I can do things that I haven't followed through on, it's almost always because I overestimated my capacity, whatever whatever that is, if it was time, if it was other projects I was working on. Um, so I feel like there's probably a pretty significant element of, like, being honest with yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. You
1: definitely, definitely honesty and looking at the bigger picture. But then there's also that fine line of, like, it's really easy to talk yourself out of doing something because there's always a reason yeah. to not do something too. True, but true. What I what I would love to like kind of move into is is thinking like how if you if you listen to this and you take a long hard look at yourself and you go, oh crap, actually I see that I have this pattern going on and I keep saying I'm gonna start this diet. You're yeah. standing in line at the grocery store. And you're looking at all those fitness magazines, and somebody's there like, look at <laughs> all, all buff. And there's all these yeah. things that tell you you too can be like super toned in three weeks, right? If you just eat abs in thirty
0: days. <laughs> if you eat this weird juice, at like three p.m. every day and nothing else. Isn't there actually a book? I feel like there's a book called like Fat Loss Begins on Monday or oh, probably the Diet Begins on Monday. There's definitely something. There's I know I've heard a title like that somewhere. <laughs>
1: Like, yes. Well, anyway, if you if you found yourself standing in line at the grocery store and, and it's always cruel because like generally at checkouts, they have like candy and all those point of sale oh yeah. things. And then right next to it, it's like, lose weight
0: in 10 minutes. And, and then, then, then you're horribly conflicted. Like, do I?
1: what What do
0: I do I get the candy and the magazine because they'll balance each other out in my life but
1: it's a good thing (laughs) to notice like these moments where there's there's things that influence your external wish and for a hot second you look at this picture or this image and and this promise of weight loss and a certain aesthetic and you're like yes I can do it that's what I want notice it happening and then like take the time to sit down and like ask yourself okay cool if, if I really want to, like, lose weight and start eating healthier or whatever, is it, is, it, is it important to me? And if it's something that you you kind of, you jump on it and you're like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then within a week or two, it's all gone to shit. And then, you you know, time passes and then you're back standing in that grocery line. And you see another magazine promising a new look and aesthetic and, you know, get it, get it in 10 days. And you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then a few days later you've already fallen off the wagon and you're not doing it and it's causing you to kind of feel
0: you know it does cause people to feel hopeless right yeah it's a rough cycle because then you disappoint yourself I mean again back to like the cigarette example right like every time I'd go to the store and buy that next pack I mean it was there was like shame and like self-flagellation right like I was I was always beating myself up for like doing granted, I mean you know that's veering into the world of like addiction where I feel like, you know, there's, there's other things to think about with that, but it's true. It's like, you feel shame. So it's a shame cycle. It's, and at first, the first thing to like adjusting
1: the say-do ratio slightly more towards the 10 end of the scale is to notice that pattern, whether it's to do with, you know, diets or like fitness routines like are you that person that the first of january every freaking year signs up for a gym membership and thinks you know i'm gonna be in there five days a week at least an hour a day i'm gonna pump iron and pound the treadmill and you go for a week and then you pay for six months and you realize on month seven oh, what a lot of money i wasted because i'm literally never there
0: i don't know if it's months i was gonna say i was like we if i had known about this topic time, we could have done google research on the uh, uh it is really fascinating like the spike in gym memberships mm-hmm. in December and then like the spike in cancellations. I think it's, I, I remember reading an article. I think it's like March. Yeah. It happens much quicker than even seven months. I think people just like straight up cancel it. Um, usually within three months.
1: But like it, it does. And it's not confined to obviously just like, I'm kind of keeping it in the realm of like health and fitness and like yeah. body image kind of stuff. Cause that's why we're here. But, uh, if you find you you know, you're listening to this and you identify with like, oh crap, that is me. And like there's zero consistency and you keep kind of chasing this thing, but then it fails and then chasing another thing and it fails. And then you get to a point where like, you kind of just give up on yourself because clearly you're just a failure because you never managed to achieve anything. First step is to notice it. And then to really think about the things that you value. Right, if you want to lose weight great but why why yeah like what is your why or you know you always hear people talking about what is your why start with your why yep but it's so freaking important because if you don't have a good reason like losing weight is hard the older you get it gets harder right it's a complicated thing it is not as simple we've talked about it many times in many different ways but it's not as simple as just like Drink celery juice for a few days and then you've lost all the weight <laughs> you've ever gained and it'll stay what, up.
0: What are your clients, the clients who want abs, what are they, when you ask them what their why is, what's the why for abs? I'm curious. Um, just, you know, so, so they look good. Okay. So it's a kind of a, a vague aesthetic kind of goal. like it's they just Like, think I think in general, good?
1: like visible abs have become this, I'm trying to think back to our episode on like different body images over the century of like, when when abs became the thing, yeah. And right now, like abs are very
0: popular. If you can display your abs, male or female,
1: it's um, true.
0: Even with the rise of dad bod, guys with abs are still considered very attractive and love showing them off, right? Like
1: and like recently, you know, up until recently, females with abs was like, mm, you wanted to be toned, right? Like soft abs, slim, but not belly, like but not shredded like, abs. Yeah, exactly, but like you know abs has become like this aesthetic goal, yeah. even though to actually get visible abs is, you've got to be pretty low body fat percentage. Yeah. Okay.
0: And it takes a don't put lot in work of to work, there.
1: not just in the gym, but a lot of work in terms of all those other lifestyle factors that that go into sculpting this kind of physique that you're after. But, yeah, I think, like, wanting abs is just kind of, like, marker of, quote-unquote, success in terms of your ability to lose weight. I mean...
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, side note, depending on your body type, abs may, like, six-pack abs
0: may never really appear. Yeah, it's like the thigh gap, right? I mean, like, you, you just might genetically not have that body type and... Because, yeah.
1: you know, I've seen like through, I mean, you know, we've, we are big fans. We do CrossFit. And when you've only got to look at different CrossFit athletes, and many of them, like men, yes. It's much easier yeah. for male physics yes. to get six plus apps. For females, there are a couple of female CrossFit athletes that are super lean. Yeah. Clearly super strong. Yeah. Train have, like,
0: really hard. Smooth
1: torso. Eat really well. <laughs> but... They don't have six-pack abs. Yeah. They look stunning. Yeah. like, And all the six-packs look really different, too. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, like, the kind of thin, poofier ones. There's, like, yeah. the square, pillowy-looking ones. Yeah. There's, like, people who develop the full, like, turtle shell, where it's
0: almost like being they're, they're slightly wider. pregnant. Yeah, exactly. From the side, they actually look wide. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's true. Like,
1: abs are just... Which is a funny thing different. to think, like, if abs
0: is your goal... Right. What if you got the wrong kind, kind of, abs? of abs? That's a good point. <laughs> I don't even know what my abs look like if I revealed them. Can you what imagine I... if you put in all that hard work and you were like, "Dang it!" Now cover, I'm it, up, increase, cover it up. Increase my body fat to cover them back up. It's entirely possible. It's a good
1: point. So I don't. I. I mean, this is absolutely not a criticism of somebody saying I want abs. I yeah. feel like it's just become kind of a way of expressing
0: success you know right and some people like you mentioned this but like some people might actually specify like vascularity like seeing their veins is how they know they're leaned out to the point that they want to be right like I don't have any like popping veins like you you have some right like but for me it's like I've never I don't know that that's not the same marker of like oh I'll know I'm at my goal when I see x it's abs it's veins it's
1: I have an interesting quad relationship. separation.
0: I did want quad separation. That was a sp- like a specific goal that I finally achieved last year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have an interesting relationship with my veins. On the one hand, when I first started to like really lean out, I was just like, oh, gross. <laughs> Cause like veins kind of freak me out. And like my arm veins, I've got a particular like network in my shoulder that really pops out hard. And, like, when I'm below 13% body fat, like, the veins in my arms are pretty out there, particularly, like, after working out. Yeah, yeah. So, on the one hand, it's like, oh, cool. Like, the veins are out, which means, you know, I'm around a body fat percentage that's, you know, I have to work hard for and I'm proud of. But at the same time, I always have this vision, and this is super gross, but that I'm going to, like, walk past something, like a nail, and it's going to just,
0: like make like a vein? Yeah. <laughs> Ew! You, oh my, that's a terrible thing to envision.
1: I know. But I get,
0: I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> if they're popping out. I um, don't know why. Wow, that's a really funny like <laughs> so maybe like, picture. Keep your veins safe, Rachel. Don't let them <laughs> pop out. There's an argument to not get
1: too lean. Okay, noted. <laughs> vein safety it's a thing um wow say do ratio success to vein safety right to vein safety see we, this we, is why we go all over the place this is why yes. we shouldn't do too much planning because yeah. otherwise we may never go to these places these,
0: these gems of wisdom um, so i was talking about something right you're okay. on you're on number two which was the why right? so For... we're,
1: yeah why obviously having a why and basically your why is what you value okay and if you've never taken a moment to consider what you really value, that's cool, but set aside some time and start thinking. And like, I find the best way for me, like if someone puts you on the spot and just says, tell me what you value, it's like, ah, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, things, I value things, they're in
0: there, I know they are. <laughs> that's so funny, because if you ask me that, like I've, I've done value sorts as part of professional development so many times where I can absolutely tell you my five core values. <laughs> okay but that's just you like
1: for all of those of you who are listening who right. don't frequently have to tune into their five core values um i find it really useful to like grab a notepad and a pen and whether you like to make lists or like i cough conf- like to write diagrams right so i write like values in the middle of the page and then just start writing yeah. stuff down even if it's not like even if it turns out to be like nonsense or not really actually something uh-huh. that's of value, eventually, once you start to let go and let it flow, there'll be something in there where you hit on it and you're like, oh, I'm that <laughs> that is something that I really value. Can
0: I run you through a value sort? Uh, sure. Okay. I just did it with my staff last week at a retreat, uh, so I totally have like the cards and the system. I will run you through one. I uh, we can we can we can talk about how how it was and the results on another podcast. Okay. Are you gonna do it now? No. No, 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 you know, it takes some time. It's oh. like we would we would need yeah, you would need to like sit down with a solid like twenty to thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Is it something we could do like while recording? Or would I just um, be kind of sitting writing stuff down? You know what? We we could probably do the first step, like yeah, we can, we can figure out a way maybe to do it on the podcast. Cool. Well, yeah. All, all right. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah, We'll, we'll get back so, to that.
1: <laughs> improving your say-do ratio. All right. So you've noticed this pattern that you frequently say. And, and like obviously I've, I've said that this, we're trying to keep this focus on um, in general things to do with like health, fitness, body image. But you can totally take this and run with it with like any area of your life. But if you've noticed that you have this kind of like, say you're gonna do it, and then it, it it actually doesn't translate into doing it or doing it for very long.
0: yeah.
1: Recognize it, write down those things that you've had, you know, you've said you're gonna do, you haven't done. And then go through the process of finding out like, what it is that you really value. So let's like talk in terms of body image, health, fitness, diet, um, you're somebody who's constantly chased these abs, these diets, and you've not been able to do it. So you find out your values, and actually you value feeling good. Like nowhere in your valleys do you find like, I really value being 12% body fat. Yeah. Like actually, yeah. you value feeling good. You value being able to run around after your kids yeah. without feeling winded. You value being like feeling proud of yourself. You know, just a few examples, throwing it out there. Um, the first, and, and then you start to notice that actually the celery juice diet that you promised yourself you would go <laughs> doesn't on doesn't make you feel To reveal good. your abs, well, heck, that doesn't make you feel good, right? And probably doesn't give you the energy to run around with your it kids. It doesn't give you the energy. <laughs> To run around with your kids. It probably doesn't make you feel particularly proud of yourself because you probably feel like ass the entire time. And then when, I was going to say two days, but like I wouldn't last two days on celery juice. Yeah, that sounds like a horrible diet. (laughs) I would Um, last two minutes. But, yes. But, you know, like if let's say you last two days and then you have to quit because you feel terrible then you feel like a failure too, which is not going to contribute to you feeling proud of yourself. Um, it's, it's time to kind of ask yourself, okay, if I had to choose between X and Y, let's say if I had to choose between running around after my kids and drinking celery juice that promises to reveal my abs, (laughs) which would I choose? Yeah. Let me see think I'm, going to choose
0: I'm hard to have yeah, to gonna choose to have to my kids. Yeah. Choose the celery juice if that's the option. And that's like the
1: first step in kind of identifying the disconnect and really revealing what it is that you truly value. Because there is shit all point yeah. in endlessly signing up for things or attempting things or trying things if there is a disconnect if that's actually something that you really don't buy into or care. Like for you, you've spent a year tracking macros. Have you done it every single day?
0: Nope. I've got I got I mean, I for a long time I probably was really pretty strict at it every day, even if I wasn't hitting my numbers perfectly. But then I definitely took breaks from tracking and um I think the longest break I took was maybe like two weeks off from mm-hmm. tracking it all. And now I have like untracked days, like one day every week that's an untracked day. So if you were somebody who
1: really hated apps, who really didn't care about data, who really didn't want to spend any extra time on their phone than they absolutely had to, <laughs> yeah. and you signed up for your nutrition and you were like, yep. I'm going to do this because I'm paying money for it. And like, this is the way, this is the way to make me happy. It's simply not going to work. Now that doesn't mean that you can't track your food. There's other ways of tracking right. it. Not maybe like, as jointly, now, but yeah, but that's like, as you know, from a coach's point of view, that's one thing like I'm always really mindful of is like, what kind of person am I talking to? What are they good at? What do they like to do? what is going to give them a sense of accomplishment and if somebody you know comes to me as like i want to do this macro thing and track and count and weigh and measure and yet there's not one bit of them anywhere else in their life that says i love data and i ah, love right. accuracy right. and i love planning well no matter how much they may want it it's never going to work right they're, they're going to they say it but they're never going to be able to do a... it and part of, like, a job as a coach is to be able to notice, like, all right. Now, with some people, you have to let them run with it for a little bit because they kind of need to prove it to themselves. Like, I remember one one guy I coached um, a few years ago. It was, like, kind of really early on when I first started doing nutrition coaching. Like, mm-hmm. there was an the element of me trying to people-please being a new coach and mm-hmm. not, you know, you don't really ever want to. It's... it's, it's it's not so much now, but like in the early days, it's always kind of awkward to go, yeah, no, that's not gonna work, for right? You. To
0: push back when people, yeah, want and something here's or why, have a plan. and being uh, able to yeah. say
1: like the here's why, confidently and in the right way, where you're not just like squashing someone's dreams. <laughs> true, true, yeah. <laughs> that's Which, good point. As a newly qualified CrossFit coach, you will also run into <laughs> in fitness when somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to back squat the shit out of this. And you're like, yeah, no.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen for you. Not if bro. you actually
1: want a spine yeah. in about 10 minutes time. Um, and like this person, he, you know, we we kind of, we did a lot of education. We worked our way up to starting to count macros because he was obsessed with this idea of counting macros. Even though we were having great success with kind of building some healthy habits, because he was like Yeah. He was like level one, which is basically we gotta educate you about food. What it is, why yeah, you eat it. Right. What your body needs to survive, where this food comes from, you know, what is healthy food that actually contains nutrition,
0: nutrients, yeah. stuff that your body can That's use. That's true. People wanna to jump to like versus... the sexy system when they yeah. Don't have the fundamentals. Yeah, and this is
1: another kind of Seidu dis- disconnect thing, Like, right? If, if we have this person who really knows nothing, not really through any fault of his own, it's like how he grew up, and he never grew up with any kind of education around food or any kind of good example of what being healthy looks like. Yeah. And as a consequence of that, also had uh, metabolic diseases and, you know... Very limited in his ability to do any activities because of his weight. And he was only mid-20s. Yeah. But all of this can be, maybe not all of it could be turned around in reverse, but a lot of it can be turned around. But, you know, he had heard of this macro counting. He was going to the gym, and there were other people he had heard talking about macro counting. And we had been working on things for about two months. And then he one day he was like, I, I'm ready i'm gonna do it i'm ready and i managed to push back for a couple of weeks but then he was like you know i'm, I'm gonna do this macro counting," and i was like okay here we go and i was kind of nervous because he was making such great progress yeah and i was like i i gotta let him run with it so i crunched his numbers and i wrote him like a what i thought was like a reasonably clear email like this is how you do it this is how it works this is what you write way raw and this is what you way cooked and this is why and and then like arranged a meeting with him because i wanted to meet him face to face to not like to go through this whole email and to make sure that yeah. he still had a, a chance to go okay and yeah, no
0: right like oh maybe this is too much too soon yeah
1: so yeah. we met yeah and like none of it made any sense to him so we spent probably an hour going through it all over again. And he was still adamant, he was still saying, yes, I'm gonna do this, I can do this, I got this. Like, this is gonna make me, you know, look like that guy over there who happened to have an incredible physique because he had been working hard and consistently for many years. And yeah. so I was like, okay. And then the week goes by and like saw so our check-in day and I was like, hey, so how's it going? Let's talk. And rather than have this wonderful week of perfect grams of protein, fats and carbs and weighing and measuring and he'd gone out and bought a shiny food scale and all the rest (laughs) of it. He had pretty much given up on day one because it was too much work. It was too overwhelming. He was not somebody who would ever really planned in his life. He just kind of was somebody who... He started work later in the day, so he rolled out of bed whenever, showed up at work. His job was, you know, he didn't require, it, he was a lot more intelligent than his job, but his job didn't require much in the way of kind of thought or intellect. Mm. He didn't yeah. certainly didn't have to do much in the way of any kind of planning during the day or taking much in, in terms of taking control of things, didn't really have any experience with doing that. And then didn't really have much in the way of structure and routine in his life either. And if you're gonna be a successful macro counter Structure and routine Structure routine is a fairly important element of it. Yeah. And so after day one he had sort of given up, but had felt shame or felt sense of shame that because he had said he was going to do it and he already wasn't doing it so early on, that rather than reach out to me and be like, I'm struggling, what should I do? And then we could have done like the beginner's guide to macros and just really focused on like one thing. He hit it all, didn't didn't say anything and reverted back to those habits that he had before we even started. So effectively like backslid
0: on all
1: the other habits he had been working on up to that point undid huh. almost two months worth of work in the space of less than a week yeah because that's interesting the system was just we had been working so hard on these habits but he was still like at this point and you know this is why the whole nutrition journey and like body recomposition journey can take so long depending on your starting point is that you don't just it's not like turning on and off a light you don't just go oh There we go. Done. For most people. I mean, sure, there are some people in the world that literally can go, cool, new direction, let's Yeah,
0: yeah, some people can do that, Um, for sure.
1: But for most people, you know, if he'd been that way for 25 years, albeit some of them were small child, where you don't have (laughs) any say over what you're eating, but let's say 20 years of eating and living a certain way, two months is not long enough to, like, have been practicing... Solid foundational healthy habits enough to suddenly yeah. take on more, but it's not glamorous yeah. and it's not sexy and to sort of just be like, okay, cool. I'm literally going to do one little tiny thing over and over and over again until I don't think I have to think about it anymore. So yeah. we, I got to check in a week after this initial foray into macro counting and discovered a hot mess express. And he was feeling even shittier about himself than when we started. And that's where, like, as a, a sort of fairly new coach, I was like, uh-oh, I've ruined this guy's life. <laughs> I should never have let it happen. And there was a lot of guilt on my part for I it. Know. But we had a really, like, I, I, I made sure we met in person for this one because I was like, I don't want to do this over email. I don't want to do it over phone. So we met in person. And rather than kind of let it be like this total disaster. It was like, all right, there's there's multiple teachable moments in here. And it highlighted, you know, the the good thing that came out of it was like, he realized that he did value feeling good and waking up feeling hmm. full of energy and waking up earlier than he used to because it made him feel more productive. Even if he hadn't necessarily turned it into being super extra productive just yet he was waking up with that feeling of like i could get stuff done today if i wanted to okay um and so we actually sat down and we made some we made a list of like what 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 is it that you value what is important to you now that you've kind of you've been to a good place you've dipped a toe back into pre-starting nutrition coaching what do you value about doing this. Like what is the purpose of this journey? Cuz it was also like it was an expensive thing for him to be involved with. Like yeah. nutrition coaching, it's not a, it's not like per se if you have a good coach, a hugely expensive thing, but for you know, it's it's it feels like a luxury now. It's often like the first thing if I I've had clients who have like run into to hardship, first thing they cancel. And it's the first thing that gets canceled. Yeah. And then, you know, I've had a couple of people come back going, oh gosh, but I really need this. And I miss it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's again, like sit down and look at what you've got coming in what's going out. Where can you save this money?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, I, I feel like everyone who's ever tried it has probably thought about that. When I started with a coach, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know how long I can sustain this as part of my regular budget, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, this is short term. And now that I've done it a year, I'm like, Oh, yeah, like I can imagine this, this should always be part of my budget. Because even just the accountability is so valuable in me maintaining the system that now I really like and the system that's, you know, actually achieving results.
1: And that's another thing when I was a new coach where I was like, oh my God, how do I, how, how I feel like a fraud? How would I add value if somebody like felt like they had done a good job of getting their healthy habits and learned how to count their macros or whatever direction they wanted to take? And the more I've done it, the more I'm like, actually, for many people, even if their check in is brief or some weeks, they're just like, send a text going, like, I'm all good. Yeah. yeah. Just knowing that someone's in their corner, yep. in kind of keeping an eye out of, of them. And I have I certainly have a couple of clients where, you know, I just look in their chronometer in the back end and be like, eh, cool. And I'll drop them a little note or a smiley face in their, in their like note section. So the next time they log something, they see it. And know that I'm like paying attention. Yeah, that's plenty, and it's enough to keep them feeling good and going. And and you know sometimes it all they need is someone to go like sure go on vacation, eat whatever the hell you want, enjoy yourself. Why not? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be okay. Um, but that kind of disconnect between like the say and do. And I think you made a good point earlier about like what can I take on right now too. It's yeah. so like, if you're suddenly going to embark on, like, this, this concept of getting all shredded to do, like, a bikini show. Right. One of my things now, I mean, like, I, I said earlier that, you know, there's, like, socially we're getting into a time of year where it gets more difficult to be, like, super dialed in. Because it's, like, you know, Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And, and these might sound like all excuses, but it's, like, realistically, what can you take on? And if you're somebody who's like thinking of, oh, oh, I need to go on this diet or whatever, or you've heard of macro counting, it's important to be like, kind of a, a, a little simple assessment is ready, willing, and able. Sure, you might be ready to lose weight or get fit or whatever it is you want to do. You're probably willing yeah, to do the it, desire right? desire is there. You've
0: that.
1: dabbled in the past. Maybe this is the one thing that's going to turn that corner for you. But are you actually able to do it? And part of that is like, does what you really, truly believe in and know about you line up with what you're saying you're about to embark on? Because if it doesn't, there's a good chance that you are not going to be able to do it. That's not to say you will never.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure that's, I mean, you're right. I think that third part of that phrase is probably the most underestimated of those three things like mm-hmm. people assume and and you're right i think ability to do something is probably the most contingent upon like whatever's going on in your life at that point right I, but that's another yeah.
1: nice thing like if you have somebody in your corner whether it's friend whether it's a coach whoever it is to you know be able to go hey yeah i was ready i was willing but actually i'm not able to do that right now yeah. So what 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 else can we do? Like how? And there's never any shame in scaling something back. Yeah. And being like, okay, because we all need wins, right? And I'm forever telling people that like every little small step, no matter how tiny it may be, is still it's still a win. You made a step as long as you're going forwards, just a little yeah. tiny bit, like a
0: little shuffle. I I remember years ago I, mean, it was, I think it was in the context of sort of like try to be more productive at work or something and to-do lists and stuff. And the recommendation was like, you know, when you make your daily to-do list, like put like make your bed and brush your teeth on the list because that like for most people th- that automatically gives you something easy to check off in the morning to mm-hmm. like start with a check mark and just the sort of psychological value of that, of like putting get dressed. And I feel like the joke kind of became like during the pandemic, like, get out of your pajamas (laughs) could have been that, that simple step to be like, okay, that's a win. You've done something like that is forward progress. Um, Yeah. And I will say, as you were talking about ready, willing and able, I would say that there are many times over the last five, six, seven years where I've been like ready and willing to make serious kind of inroads into body composition goals and strength goals and things like that. and I've achieved some of them. Um, but last year it's like the pandemic actually allowed the able part, right? Cause I feel like starting with a nutrition coach, seriously counting macros, weighing all your food. It is super useful if you cannot eat out at restaurants, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have to prep all your meals at home, like the pandemic kind of forced me into those circumstances where I was home all day. I was working from home. I could actually prepare meals throughout the day I didn't have to think about packing a lunch I didn't have to think about restaurant food or taking a you know a donor out to lunch or going to events where there would be all kinds of you know uh unforeseen food choices um so yeah I mean I really feel like the Reading Willing and able last year looked really different in a in a very useful way because of the pandemic and I mean that's like the same for me when I first got my
1: nutrition coach I had been thinking about it for a while because I'd been like on the boat for a long time. I wasn't, I couldn't have a regular schedule with a gym. Eating was, you know, sometimes freeze dried food out in the middle of the ocean, sometimes restaurants, (laughs) breakfast, lunch and dinner and cocktails all night depending on the racing schedule and when the owner was in town and like social stuff. and, And so I'd been kind of feeling sort of shitty about myself for a while. And, like, knowing that, like, I, I I, don't want this feeling. Like, I want to feel good. I want to feel fit. I want to, like, yeah. be proud of how I look and feel strong. But, and I, I looked at the coaching company that I used while I was in the Caribbean, and I was tempted to sign up. I was like, oh, yeah. it Give me something to do. I could focus on it. But then I was like, but the reality is that around the time I was first thinking of it, I was like, okay, I've got two more big race events to do, which means... We eat, like, food that's delivered to the boat. Right. I'm going to have no clue what's (laughs) in it. A
0: weird schedule, yeah. I'm going to be
1: busy as all hell. And so trying to actually, you know, even if I could guess what exactly I was eating for lunch, um, when the hell am I going to plug it all in and remember everything that I had? Because, you know, if I'm chowing down on a sandwich just after a sail change and we've got 10 minutes before we have to do something else... I'm not going to be worrying about trying to plug that in. And by yeah. the time I've got to the end of my day and packed the boat up, what the hell did I eat for lunch? I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, all the other social stuff. And then I was like, then I'm going to be on the boat again for two weeks in the middle of the ocean sailing North to Rhode Island. And well, heck, that's not, I'm not going to be able to really track anything. And then you're like, you're, you're sleeping schedules all over the place. So you're just eating stuff at random times and, So I was like, this is silly. I'm ready, I'm willing, but I am most certainly not able to to actually do this. And if I sign up and pay this money each month, and I think it was like $160. So, you know, not a small amount. Yeah. If I pay this and like in month one, I'm pretty much missing the mark most of the time, then it's going to piss me off that I paid that money. And I had to sign up for three months, like... Committed to three months. And then after that, I could choose to go month or month. So I was like, it's not like I can cancel after that. But I basically wasted a month. And then I'm going to yeah. be pissed off. Then I'm going to feel like I said I was going to do it. I didn't really do it. I failed at it. Now I'm annoyed. So I was like, okay. I'm going to sit on this. I'm going to get the boat to its next destination where I knew it would be staying for a good while. Where I knew I would be, there'd be no racing. I would be... On the boat by myself a lot, I would have the time and the capacity to really get into this and give it the attention that it needs. And in the beginning, I'm sure anybody who's ever counted macros or you know has thought about it. In the beginning, when
0: you're new to it, it is a lot of work. It is. It weighing weighing and measuring your food is absolutely time consuming, and it gets easier for sure. It gets but way in easier in the beginning, yeah. I mean, I have a good friend who here in town. We've talked about her nutrition and health um, a number of times, and you know, just given what I know of health and nutrition, like I know there, she needs to sleep more. She needs to eat more protein, and probably just like dial in the right amount of calories for her activity level. And we've talked about it, and she like is kind of bought in on all that. But also, she she's told me many times like. I do not have the capacity in my day-to-day life to measure my food, mm-hmm. to actually count things, yeah. and it's like cool. Like she is super busy; she, her job, her volunteering, everything. I mean, it is. She's and so she recognizes I don't have the capacity for that. Yeah. Even though she wants those goals, she does, you know, want certain things. Um,
1: but that's why, like, have. having someone in your corner, whether it's a coach, a friend, or whatever, is really useful to be able to say, okay, fine, cool. We don't need to worry about tracking your food, but here's some. Here's what we're going to work on this week. And right. it's going to be small enough like making the list, like do your teeth. I mean, that's obviously doing your teeth. it's not moving you towards a nutrition goal, but like steps
0: on that level. Is that right? what like, you call it in the UK? Doing your teeth? Yeah. Is that brushing, your, brushing teeth. your teeth? There you go. Got a, <laughs> doing your doing teeth. Doing your teeth. Okay. A, the
1: English I mean, way I think of, of saying doing,
0: brushing your teeth? I'm, I'm thinking we say like doing our hair we do Which, our teeth too. So you do your teeth. That's Brushing
1: your teeth. <laughs> so like, you know, huh. yeah. If You have someone <laughs> in your corner who can have you be like, what is a step that we can do? Like, how do we actually, rather than be like, I'm just never going to be able to do this. It's like, yeah, you can do it. There's just, we're going to have to come in at a different angle of attack here.
0: Yeah. I, I have always said that if I had, if money were no object, I would a thousand percent sign up for one of those like gourmet macro specific, um, customized meal delivery services where basically you have like a private chef, you give them your macros and they like make all your meals for you. Like a private chef would be amazing because then you could take all of that off of your plate. Absolutely. (laughs) But then, but that's thousands of dollars a month, not. (laughs) Hundreds. <laughs> goals Rachel, goals i value personal chef <laughs> yes yes can that be my core value i value a personal chef i
1: value having to try to and manifest that money in the universe for my personal chef <laughs> but another reason that it's really important to you know really take a deep dive into your values it doesn't obviously just improve your say do ratio and give you just a generally better understanding because a lot of us you know get caught up in our superficial stuff mm-hmm and wonder why we're stressed out and not truly happy and feeling lost and confused in general it's because of them. there's probably an epic disconnect and you're trying to be somebody that you simply are not yeah and i have noticed in the last year i've done a lot of work on like eliminating the things that are actually just the superficial things Yeah, yeah. And and understanding who I really am as a person and what does that person really want and need and value. And it's literally like taken a massive weight off of my shoulders. And it's enabled me to seriously improve my say-do ratio because I'm literally not going to say that I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to say stuff that I actually don't intend
0: to do. Yeah, I mean, on some of it, it sounds like you actually, I mean, without calling it that, like that is, that is one way of doing like a value sort exercise where you kind of, um, like you said, kind of cutting out some of the superfluous things that it's, you know, it's remarkable. The fact that like how little we sometimes pay attention to actually what we spend our time on. So like same way you would probably start a nutrition client with just, just write down all the food you eat. Don't worry about calories, macros, anything, just like start logging it. And have you ever done that with like the minutes of your day? Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing, right? When you actually are like, I spent 47 minutes playing a, a matching game on my phone. And then I spent like this many, you know, hours opening and closing Instagram or Facebook and scrolling. And then I spent this amount of time with my dog, this amount of time with my partner. Like if you actually start cataloging the minutes of your day it absolutely reveals what's valuable to you. Well, or that's what, what, what I was going to like, like what
1: the 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 reason the important reason about finding what you truly value is that you know how many how often do you hear people you know somebody says oh well you know let let's go get that workout in or whatever or you know I have I've worked with numerous people whose whose big issue is like never making time for exercise yeah and every time I hear I don't have time probably for saying I don't they don't have time, don't for time. For I don't have time yeah. Yeah, but I bet you, if you know, if you're truly honest with yourselves, if you if you are somebody that has that, you know, say you're going to do exercise, never really happens. There's always an excuse. Ask yourself what you did make time for. Yeah. Like what you were talking about that time data, What did you make time for? Because yeah. if you had two hours of your day that you could dedicate to Instagram, you better believe you
0: had time to exercise. Right. And how many of us like if 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 that person were to like go to the gym, right? That might be something you're proud of. So you'd be like, I I made it to the gym five times this week. But imagine like similarly posting or telling a friend in your life or something that, hey, you know what I did? I spent five and a half hours this week playing this really stupid game on my phone. Like we would never, right? We wouldn't celebrate that or admit Mm-mm. that. Um, and so you- not to super judge video games or anything, right? But like, but it's like things like that where you're like, that's a disconnect because like right like we would want to almost brag about these quote-unquote you know good things we spend our time on um and yeah i mean that even just that kind of awareness caused me to delete a lot of apps from my phone mm-hmm. last year um to just be like yeah i don't want to be the kind of person that spends my time on this or that we um, make time for
1: the things that we truly value yeah end of story yeah like, we're gonna repeat it for the people of the back. We make time <laughs> for the things that we truly value. So, understanding what you truly value, and like if you truly value going back to what I was saying earlier, like feeling good, waking mm-hmm. up with energy, chasing around after your kids. If you truly value those things, then you better believe you're gonna make time for everything that makes that possible and better. Yep. But it may just be that you've never taken the time or given yourself the opportunity to really lean into what those things that you do about. You might not even have tapped into that. And when you do, and there's no, like, if if you've never thought about this before, like I said, take that notepad, make lists or like flowcharts or whatever it is, bubble diagrams, whatever you like, that... There's no like sort of time limit on like if this doesn't come to you in ten minutes while well, you're screwed you ain't got no values yeah. like it could take days it could take weeks who knows but at some point you're gonna be like holy moly there it is like that is something that I truly value and then immediately you can start to see previous disconnects in your say-do ratio and start to make adjustments so that you're actually doing things. You're not just ready. You're not
0: just willing, but you're actually able to do. Yeah. And it is. It's very inspiring when you have those moments of, of um, awareness where you're just like, oh, yeah, like this isn't aligned. And then when you start to align it, it's just it feels so good. Like, you know, I yeah. So if today really is my one year anniversary of coaching, um, I, I checked this on my Instagram feed because also a while back, I made a commitment to read more. Um, So I used my Instagram feed as, like, accountability for that. I just posted the books that I read. So it was similar to me to, like, having a coach, someone to check in with every week. I would post books I've read. Um, And I just checked my feed, and it was in November of last year when I finally read um, Atomic Habits, Mm -hmm. Um, James Clear. I think – I'm sure we've mentioned that book before on the podcast. Um, But, like, when – yeah, when you – brought up this topic and thinking about it like that book for me was also huge for aligning the say what I was saying and what I was actually doing Mm -hmm. because that book is like it absolutely asks the same questions you've been asking like right like what's the why behind things the habits that we want to form or the habits we want to break like what's the reason behind that and then it was also just awesome in terms of like having you think through like how do you build a system around the things you want right so you'll Mm -hmm. actually be successful um and i mean it gosh this podcast i'm gonna go reread that book i love that book (laughs) and i haven't i haven't read it it's now been probably 10 months or more since i've read that book so it's time to read it again i'd read that book every year probably so there you go you guys
1: how to improve your say-do ratio first step start to actually pay attention to the patterns that you notice in your life obviously the primary focus of this podcast has been as it pertains to like health fitness body composition stuff but really you can do it with like anything um and then start to figure out the things you truly value and take it from there Whew! feel like we just had another fine therapy session right
0: well and (laughs) there's going to be more because next time you know at some point hannah's going to tell you all about her doing a value sort exercise and uh We'll, we'll revisit the core values and <laughs> well um
1: exciting things coming up we have uh hopefully another guest joining us soon um which will be cool looking forward to that interview yep um of course uh pardon the interruptions from my doodle <laughs> dory really wants to be part of this podcast she wants to be and a part of this podcast she doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to say for herself but hey you know she's welcome to contribute in any way exactly. she can exactly But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, joining me on a topic that I kind of sprung on you at the last minute. Yeah, absolutely. These are fun fun ones, the surprise Um, episodes. (laughs) And uh, feel free to share, comment, DM us, let us know what you think, and we will see you next time.